Hello and welcome back to this revitalized episode of the Level Cap Podcast, where Marco finally has Brad back, and we can yeah, talk about back. Level 99 Games things. I hope you guys and... enjoyed your episodes with Cameron, though. Yes, and otherwise. Was there any otherwise? I think it was just you and Cameron, wasn't it? Yes, but we also talked about games and stuff. Well, yeah, that's 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 a usual fare. That's not a change. How can you revitalize yeah, by going back to what you were doing during the break, which is the same as what you're doing during the normal podcast? Marco. It's revitalized because you're back from your vacation. Yeah, but it's that's not, only that a cast revitalization. It's not a whole podcast revitalization. Well, and it revitalizes part of the podcast. I don't even know if it's it's revitalizing. You know, you're going from the the new hotness back to the old busted that we had before. So, oh, you were never maybe you were never the old and busted, my fam. No, no, I guess not. That mean that mean no, you're the no. old busted. It kind of. I am a bit of a curmudgeon, so I mean, it's got to be one or the other. So. You know, old bus. Yeah, okay. You be Will Smith. I'll be Agent K. Okay. See, nobody even knows what what his what that actor's name is, even though he's a pretty well known actor. I I was about to say Michael Caine, but that's not Michael Caine. It's. uh, I am pretty sure it's uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Um, Tommy Lee Jones. Are you sure? Um. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I, I, I defer judgment to you. I yeah, defer. K is played to by judgment. Tommy Lee Jones in the first three films. There you go. Wait, in the first three films, that implies there's more. Uh, uh apparently there's a giant Men in Black fandom that uh that, that we don't even know about. Oh no, secret like direct to home DVD movies. I guess. <laughs> Agent K is secretly now played by Michael Caine. Ooh, he's yeah. British now. I didn't realize there was a three. There was a, yeah, yeah there's a Men in Black three. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that was anyway, the time okay. Of the prequels. Star Wars prequels. I see. I see. Soon the the Men in oh, Black trilogy will eclipse the Star Wars trilogies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have Men in Black uh four, five, and six, but they actually happen before one, two, and three. Yeah. Well, in that case, wouldn't the originals be four, five, and six? That's the trouble I, with numbering, guess, though. That's why you. That's why you should always subtitle instead of numbering. This is uh, the trouble. The we Star got Wars into this. Rod. Yeah, we got into this problem with Pixel Tactics because we wanted Pixel Tactics Six to actually be a prequel, but we couldn't make it Pixel Tactics Zero. Uh, it should have been, you know, Pixel Tactics, you know, the Pixels Awaken or something, and that would have made it so much better. That's true. But it would be really hard to like get anybody on board with any of it. It's like. This is Pixel Tactics, Pixels Awaken, and this is Pixel Tactics, the Pixels Cometh, or something like that. Like, yeah, yeah, you like the last pixel, Return of the Pixel, you know. Oh, Revenge um, of the Pixel. Yeah, a new pixel. A new pixel! Oh my gosh. Yeah. Or the Pixel Jedi. Uh, pixel no, that's Wars. copyrighted. Pixel Wars. Yeah. Actually, why didn't we call it Pixel Wars? Uh, because it's more about tactics than about wars. Uh, I don't know, sure? John, like Marco. Don't don't uh, don't look too deeply at these things. It's just a game. Says the guy who lives off of games. Uh, yeah. So speaking of games, we're gonna talk about what we've been listening to today and skip over our game segment. Wait, so. wait, wait! Before we get there, wait. 
Wait, I want to ask you how your vacation was, you know? Oh, well, you know, it was good. I vacationed. Like, nothing happens. That's kind of the definition of vacation, right? Not really. It really depends on Let what Let me tell you about all the interesting things I did on my vacation. I slept. spent a lot of time with my family. I spent a lot of time with my wife. I came home. Now I'm back to work. How was your vacation, wow. Marco? <laughs> I had none. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's uh, also not too interesting because you go to work. You come back to work from work. So is vacation just work wherein you sleep instead of work? I did a little bit of work on 7th Cross and some writing and stuff. But no, it's the spending time with family that's the important part. Except I don't want to tell you guys about that because that'll be boring to you. It's only interesting to me. That's true. I spent some time sitting beside the people I loved while watching TV. Yeah, exactly. Like It's not interesting to say, but you still want to go home and do it during the holidays. That's true. Okay, fine. Let's go to what we've been listening to, a new segment that Brad and I <laughs> totally made up because we started talking about music before this podcast. Brad, tell me what you've been listening to this week. Okay, so this week, uh, well, my obsession all throughout the break has been this uh, this band called Glory Hammer. Um, and this is like epic fantasy power metal. It's kind of this, uh, each CD is kind of its own metal, metal opera. And it's the story of this this evil wizard Zargothrax, who uh, who tries to destroy the the kingdom of Dundee, this ancient uh, Scottish kingdom, and the the warriors who fight against him. And in the first one, they're like in medieval times, and you know Angus McFife has to go get the sword or the, the glory hammer and defeat Zargothrax by throwing him into this icy pit. And there's evil unicorns and um, you know like barbarian warriors from space and all kinds of great stuff. And so, Space? Wait, what? Yeah. So then, um, times. the kingdom enters an age of peace. A thousand years later, in the year 1992, Zargothrax reappears. By now, they're all in space, and everything's futuristic. And um, Zargothrax goes on this evil quest to uh, to get help from the Goblin King of a distant galaxy. And then he uh, he unlocks the Chaos Portal and uh, unleashes the uh the evil god Carviliath to destroy the universe and uh it's great it's really great um it's got this, this cool narration um it's it's pretty silly but i love it and so that's what i've been listening to over the break uh check it out glory hammer great. you can uh watch the entire pirate or listen to the entire thing on spotify um if you pay for music or and uh you can pirate it all on youtube if you don't um but it's it's worth listening to definitely Oh my gosh. I mean, you you made me listen to some of this like before we started this podcast and you were like, listen to this. I was like, okay, hey, this sounds pretty interesting. It sounds cool. And then you were like, wait until the narration. And at that moment, I collectively lost it because I was like, narration? And then the like the voice comes out like, the evil wizard Zarathrax. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, and it just like goes and goes and goes. You're like, it doesn't end. You're like, okay, so this evil wizard, okay, he's doing this. Oh, he's doing that too. Oh, now they're all preparing for battle. It's 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 it's, it's pretty wild. Um, I have a, I I have a strange feeling like it's like supposed to be like a like hammy parody silly, but yeah. they also take themselves very seriously they, in the way they narrate. They take it really seriously on stage, yeah. And and in um they they they've been talking about doing the third album where uh like Zargathrax gets lost in time and Angus McFife has to go back in time to defeat him. Um but uh that's so I'm looking forward to that, but I don't think it's going to happen. Is this, this Samurai year. Jack? Yeah, it's basically the Samurai Jack plot. Uh, <laughs> but they they're uh 
I that's probably not going to happen this year, but I'm looking forward to it when it does. So, um, oh my gosh, you know, if uh, if the artists behind this love level 99 games, uh, you know, we enjoy your work too. Yeah, collab with us, and we'll make an entire Millennium Blade set out of you. I, <laughs> I would, I would do that. I would make a Millennium Blade set for Glory Hammer. That'd be great. Oh my gosh! Of course, the deck box has to be the Glory Hammer. Has right? to be the, the actual hammer. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh. Right, so, what have no, you been listening to, I... Marco? Okay, I've been listening to something different. So, um, when we decided on this segment, Brad was like, "What we've been listening to," and I'm like, "Aha! Loophole! It doesn't have to be music." So, um, because because the thing is, I can talk about my taste in music, but then I believe like over half. Or maybe like 100% of our listeners will completely just lose all respect for me the moment they find out the kind of music I like. Um, so let's not talk about that. And instead, let's talk about um, what I've been listening to, which are various real play um, role playing game podcasts. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, I'll just talk about one. Uh, it's the one I've been dedicatedly listening to for a while now. Uh, and of course, I keep listening to it every listening to it every week. Um, it's a podcast called The Adventure Zone, made by um, three brothers and their dad. So it's it's three brothers and their dad play Dungeons and Dragons and various other RPG systems together. Uh, and a lot of these guys are actually like comedian slash writers. So when they do RPGs and stuff, like they they get really into it. So. The story gets really, really nice, and the characters are so well written, and you know I feel like they do representation very well, and they all do it while being relatively funny. Um, it's pretty fun. Uh, I've, it's it's recently sparked a lot of my um, itch to do role playing games. So because like because of listening to the Adventure Zone, I've been um, you know wanting to make some role playing games myself, and I've um, I'm I'm actually about to start a session of Strike. This week. What is, so that's what is Strike? Strike's an RPG system that has like... Like, th- you know Fate? Yeah. It's kind of like Fate, but then they have tactical combat. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah, so like um, like setting agnostic, bare-bone system that isn't really complex. You know, it's just roll 1d6 for every check. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has tactical combat, so yeah, I'm I'm starting a a game in that. Okay, wait, we before we digress too much, Brad, Brad, tell me what's our next segment? Because you got to choose this one this week. I did. Um, I got to choose this week. Um, I'd actually like to do some more dev talk this week. <gasps> Brad talks about development. Yeah, the segment formerly known as Brad talks about development. Yeah, I mean, somebody suggested us a name. And it was something along the lines of, like, that segment where Brad speaks about developing games. I'm like, that's the same thing as Brad talks about development, so... It's different. Um, There's different words and everything. Yeah, but it's, like, synonymous. They just made it longer. Oh, okay, okay. Well, <clears throat> anyway, well, let me let me talk about development. Because um, Imperial's coming along really well, and uh, Seventh Cross is coming along well, and we are in the balance phases for Dev Remastered. So we're making progress on uh, on multiple fronts. And um, I can tell you about my latest challenge for Seventh Cross, because um, this Ooh. has been uh, kind of a difficult part, is putting together the adventure book. So, like the, 
the, the rule book or the adventure book? The the adventure book, the actual like. So in the game, you you lay so you set out this map and you say, okay, we're gonna go to a stage, and you walk along the map until you reach a stage, and then when you hit that stage, you open the book and whatever's in the stage you know, pops out. It's either, like, a monster you have to fight, or a decision you have to make, or an NPC you meet, or a puzzle you have to solve, or some other kind of encounter, right? And um, all of those things have to be organized into the book by number, so that when you land on a stage, you can flip to the right page and find it. But even more than that, certain characters will discover certain items, maybe the choices that you made will be... um, will be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The choices well, you made will be recorded somehow. Yeah, like, like which choices link back to which decisions, or like if I made this decision like five stages ago, how is it, the repercussions going to affect me later? That sort of thing. Mm, so okay. all those go into the book, and it's a really huge organizational task. And if you Google search for um, tutorials on how to write a paragraph adventure game, there aren't too many. So I've kind of had to learn as I go about this but uh so it because because it does kind of feel like those choose your own adventure books right a little bit um a little bit it's more like um i almost think of it kind of like super mario brothers 3 where there's like a map out here and you you know like you go to the stage you know whoop, 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 and then you hit enter and then you you enter the place and sometimes it's like a stage you have to go through sometimes it's a mini boss like the little hammer brother bosses sometimes it's a mushroom house that just has goodies in it that sort of thing i see okay okay yeah so that's huh. kind of what i had in mind for you know for this game um but keeping all those stages organized and the monsters and when you clear a stage, sometimes you get special gear that's unique to a character, and I don't want to give out the same gear twice or the same clues twice. And anyway, um, so I built a big database, and I've got everything organized into the database. And then the database tells me what like what headers and footers go on each paragraph, so that they link together correctly, and so that they clear each other correctly. When you finish a stage, you put a little sticker on it, bam, and that lets you know that you can go past that stage next time you're traversing the map. Oh, that's pretty cool. Wait, sticker? Yeah. That'll be hard to peel off. Well, they're removable stickers. I've been testing them ah. out, and they work just fine. Okay, that sounds I great. I stuck them all over everything before I went on vacation, and now I came back, and I've been peeling them off. And they've peeled off yeah. just fine. So I think the- that uh, remo- removable stickers are no problem. But also, Ooh. these stages are like one and done. Like, you finish the stage, and then, well, I could go back and read about you know, how this, how, how, you know, this guy wants to sell me a thing again, but I already bought the thing. So what's the point? Um, <laughs> now boss stages, you can replay them on different difficulties. Um, so the bosses are replayable. Um, and that's kind of the like end game is that you get all the stuff and then you go back and you fight the bosses again on challenge mode. If you want to play more and more, um, or you could just create your own castles. Uh, they're not, uh, they're not too hard to create once you get the the hang of it. So I might create some kind of software for that. I don't know. But Ooh, there's oh a lot God. of there's a lot of castles in this game, and each castle is like ten hours long, or so. I mean, ten I think hours. I think Gosh. that I think that people will when they they beat the final castle, um, they'll probably be done with the game. And if they aren't, they can go beat the bonus castles, um, which are like even harder. And by that and point, like- they'll probably really be done with the game. That's so interesting. So I I never actually realized this, but 
you are basically making Seventh Cross, like, in such a way that, like, is it kind of like Seafall in that, like, there is an end? Yeah, I mean, you unravel all the mysteries and conspiracies of the world, and then you, you reach the end of the campaign and you fight the final bosses. Um, so, yeah. I mean, you and you oh. can still go on adventures. There are still bonus bosses and and more challenges ahead. And if you want to fight them, but it's kind of like Final Fantasy in that you know you go to the cave, you beat Sephiroth. Like yeah, you could go and do you know go get Knights of the Round and all the gold chocobos and everything. But maybe that's up to you if you want to do all that extra stuff and delve deeper. This is so interesting. Like that's so interesting to me. I'm so sorry. It's like I only realized this now. Like I never knew that this was like a quote-unquote video game experience. You know what I mean? Wherein like you have a planned end to the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Like the, this, this is, is a not... this is a story-driven adventure game. Oh, that's awesome. I I here I thought it was just like you know you would just randomly generate castles. I I started that way, and I did I did work off of that premise for a long time, but I just didn't like it. There are too many games that are just generate a castle or generate a dungeon and they don't uh, yeah. they don't really immerse you in the characters that you're playing as or in the um or in the world that you're playing as so i i really wanted you know you play through this game and you learn about the world and your understanding grows with the characters and the characters all have their own subplots that you can go out and uh, and continue on and they're not just like you know, like hunter and sorcerer and uh, and bard, they're actually named characters with their own past experiences and their own backgrounds, kind of like a traditional RPG that you unravel and get to know them and get to know like why they've done the things they've done and what they have done in the past and how it's determined their fate um, and what their goals are, etc. Oh my gosh, this this has me super excited about it. I'm pretty excited. It's, it's going to be a lot of work. I can finish, <laughs> but, but it, uh, it, I've got about two castles written so far. Of the how uh, many castles do you plan? I'm planning on having 13 in the game, but uh, depending oh, on how you know how the Kickstarter does, how the art budget does, and how quickly everything comes together, I might have a few extras. So we'll see. I mean, I've got like 18 castles brainstormed, but I'm only taking uh, the top 12 right now. Or the top 13 right now. Well, I am taking the top 12, because the 13th one is, like, the back of Creative Castle. Yeah, the 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 fun house of madness, as I would like to call Pretty it. Pretty much, yeah. So if you want to create, if you want to put your favorite monster in the game, or you want to create an NPC in the game, or you want to put uh, some other kind of cool bonus content in the game, uh, that'll be an option that's available. Like, make a special weapon for one of the, the hunters or something. That'll be that's in awesome. the... Uh, the the uh, this thirteenth castle that we're building. You know we need we I would need enough money to be able to go and get that create an NPC and then my NPC all he does is say the word brawler like that's all he'll do. Oh my gosh! Talk Marco. to him. <laughs> you talk to him. He'll just say brawler. It is gonna be the best NPC. Oh man. Yeah. Will he be sitting Does there teaching people the how to play Battlecon? Yes, but but only by saying the word brawler. I see. It's like some kind of secret code. You can yeah. make him a puzzle, <laughs> and then it's a cipher puzzle, and you have to dis- decipher what he's actually saying. Or what the meaning uh, is behind the brawls. What's the meaning behind the brawlers? Yep. <laughs> oh, my. 
goodness. Oh, you have me so excited about this game, and yet you refuse to put it on TTS for me to test. It's not that I refuse. It's that we're still in the process of making all the content. Like, there's mass amounts of content in this game. And like I said, just this weekend, I sat down and made my database so that I could actually put together the adventure book. So now I can compile the adventure book um, and uh, and make it playable. So we'll see. I mean, work is it's it's coming together. There are no more big system changes or anything. So that's good. Oh, that sounds great. It's just oh, wait, a matter so of building mean, all the content. Does this mean you know who all of the playable hunters are at this point? Mostly. Um, I'm kind of waiting to decide if I'm going to put in some of the more exotic ones. Um, so, like, I don't know if... if uh, I'm, I'm hoping that I'll get an opportunity to put Remulus in, then I'll get an opportunity to put Taisei in, then I'll get an opportunity to put, uh, you know, Minato in. But... Um, Currently, I'm just planning for a smaller cast, and I will raise that number if we hit some stretch goal castles and stuff. Yes, I see. Put Minato in, please. I need I need my turbo teen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, my turbo teen. I love him so much. Turbo teen. You don't know turbo teen? Is this is this like a, is this like a reference to Wreck It Ralph? Like it's turbo no, no. time. So, so- no, 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 no. Turbo Teen is a cartoon uh, from, like, I don't know what era, but the, the point here is that there is a guy, um, and he's riding his hot rod, right? And he accidentally crashes the hot rod in a derelict science facility, wherein there's this quantum re- reconfiguration ray that fuses him with his car. Now, every time he gets physically warm, he turns into a car oh man um this is like the plot of another uh song album actually uh are you (laughs) i'm trying to figure out where the which the uh uh there's like it's like a synthwave album by this guy called kasparsky or kaspersky or something and yeah and it starts off with the um the, the the guy like the the kid is driving down the street in the middle of a storm and then uh he crashes the car and a bolt of lightning strikes and he and the car are fused together as one forever wandering the night in search of his true love or something like that um Sounds gosh. like turbo Dean. <laughs> yeah after the after after this i'll um i'll uh let me let me see i, I know it's in here it's uh Ah, Kavinsky. Kavinsky is the name. Um, and uh, I'll post the. I'll post the. I'll have you post the YouTube link in the description so everybody can listen to it. But uh, I just, It's great. It's real great. Oh my gosh! All right, send me the link, and if you want to listen to basically what is a Turbo Teen album, please check the description of this podcast. Okay, Brad, uh, do you have anything else to talk about development, or do we go to our 99 questions, where we answer questions? Let's uh, let's answer some questions. Heck yes! Welcome to the 99 questions segment, where you ask questions that Brad and I will answer. Brad, tell me, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Are you ready? Uh, I already said yes. Let's get it on! Yay! You don't, uh, okay. you don't watch MMA, do you? You don't no. watch, like, boxing or MMA? no i've just never been interested in in real fighting i don't like a lot of I'm violence marco int- i don't like a lot of violence i'm only interested in fake violence yeah pretty much 
You know. That's true. I guess fake violence is better than real violence. Like, right? My ideal violence is like Smash Brothers, where they they hit you with a with a giant flower and you fly off the screen. <laughs> or a fan. They hit yeah. you with a fan. Yeah, oh they hit you with a paper right. fan and you go like psh, like meteor smash off the screen. Uh, and then you explode. Yeah, I know. I know violent, a fan though. doesn't actually meteor smash, guys. Okay, but you don't have to call me that in the comments. Shh. It was just we an had example. The fiction. We had a fiction here, okay, everyone? Fiction. It's, it was an, it's an alternative. Okay. It's an alternative smash. Alternative smash. <laughs> okay, I'm super stoked to hear about the plans for Seventh Cross with the vertical board. Is this you or what the question the asker? No, the question asker. Okay, I don't think you made it clear that the question was starting. All right, all right. The question is starting. I am super stoked to hear about the plans for Seventh Cross with the vertical board. What is the plan to ensure stability so that clumsy or heavy-handed players don't knock everything down when moving a miniature? So, uh, the board will have some feet, and the board will be a little bit, uh, a little bit thicker and heavier than um, you might, uh, you know, you might think. Um, also, the tiles, the spaces that characters sit on, are going to be fairly big, so you'll have room to reach in and, and work with them. Finally, the board is angled backwards a little bit so that it the spaces are opened up a little bit more and you can see more light can be can get down to all the minis. So all those factors together uh will help the board from pitching over. Um I mean, it's and it's kind of hard to knock over something that's that's got that wide of a base and that uh that shallow of a height. And it's about I'd say it's a little larger than a than a Connect 4 board and those are pretty hard to knock over unless you're really trying. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Can we play Connect Four using the board? Uh, no. You probably can't. well. I guess you could if one player takes like the fire tokens and one player takes the ice tokens. And you you Connect Four. But anyway, um, the point is, um, the board we're gonna do. We got a three D printer, so one of the reasons we did was so that we could build prototypes of this board and test it. So we're gonna do a lot of internal testing to make sure the board is just right before we go to press. So this will not be something where the first time you see it is the first time we see it. We will have tested this quite a bit before it goes to to production. Oh, that's gonna be great! I can't wait to see it. I'm I'm so excited to like, you know. I think one thing about Seventh Cross that I'm gonna be really excited about is posting screen like, like, like photos of of your copy in action. Yeah, it'd be so cool. Yeah, and I think like, that the um, I think that the uh, like because everything's gonna look like a diorama once you set it up. Exactly, it's gonna make oh, uh, it's gonna make quite a scene. It's gonna be sugoi sugoi desne. <laughs> okay, next question, Brad. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, I think this is relating to what we were talking about in the development. Is Seventh Cross going to be a legacy game where the castles are play once and done? It sounded like that with the whole advent calendar type stages, but I wasn't too sure. Um. Yeah. So, like, well. Like I was saying earlier, once you play through a stage and you get the story, there's no real reason to play through that stage again. Um, you can replay the battles, and you can replay the battles on hard mode to get better achievements and better points. And actually, by beating the battles on, um, like, with a certain... So the battles are not just, like, you win or you lose. Um, you win, and or you win, or you lose or you win, but when you win, you have a grade. And if your grade is high oh. enough you get um, extra bonus rewards and stuff. So there's a reason to replay battles for a better score. 
And it's actually by getting a high enough score across all the battles that you unlock the true final dungeon. This So this is sounding more and more just like a video game that you've put on paper. I mean, that's kind of the idea, I guess. But, I mean, it doesn't necessarily sound like a video game. It sounds more like, um, I don't know. I guess there's some video game inspiration. But in a lot of what cases... Do you mean some... What do you mean some? I, I mean, mean like, just because video games have done a thing doesn't mean it's a video game thing, right? That's fair. Like, D&D that's has fair. been doing this kind of thing for years. Okay, that's fair. And so, I mean, it's like saying, you know, once you once you finish, you know, once you finish Baldur's Gate, uh, is there a reason to go play it again? Like, well, yeah, you go clean up all the other stuff, but you don't want to play the main plot again. That's not as interesting. Um, yeah. You know, uh, but that's fine because... I think a lot of games try to deliver this endless experience these days, and it's just it's just not that important that a game be endlessly replayable. I mean, like Dead Cells, like I could play that game as many times as I want, but the reality is that I played it for like 20 hours and I'm done. Whereas a game like, say, like Zelda Breath of the Wild, I'm probably never going to play it again, but it did take me, you know, 40 to 60 hours to finish it, and there's still a bunch of bonus content I could do if I went if I wanted to. Um, and yeah. so I. I'd say the directed experience, a, a designed, crafted game experience is more interesting and more memorable than an endless number of randomly generated game experiences. And I'd kind of like to hear what our fans think about that, because uh, that's my personal opinion. But what do you think? Uh, leave us a comment yeah. and let us know. Leave us a comment let us know. I'd like to know, about, I'd like to know too, because I think I'm, I'm on the opposite side of that camp. I love the randomly generated stuff. Yeah, but what's That's the most I... memorable RPG that you've ever played? I mean, there's no such thing as a procedurally generated RPG. Okay, what's the most memorable game that you've ever played? Oh, memorable game. What would you say is your number one game of all time? Oh, that that's that's not fair, Brad. Oh, uh, that's not fair. Um, it's Final Fantasy three. Final Fantasy three, right? Okay, yeah, I, I mean, which was six in America, right? Or sorry, it was three in America, but it's six in the canon. Um, no, no, I'm talking about Final Fantasy III Japan. Oh, like, so not like the one the with one... Terra and Locke and all them. No, no, the the one with the Onion Knights. Oh, okay. I see, I see. Yes. I I, um, I haven't played that one. I was a big fan of <gasps> Six, so... Oh, you, you... There's a DS version. You yeah. have no excuse to not play it. Oh. Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, I think I even have the DS version. Um... Which, Brad, please! Yeah. It is so good. I mean, like, but I guess, here's the thing. Like, but yeah, like directed game experiences, right? It's games like Final Fantasy, Chrono Trigger, Earthbound. You know, like some of the the Zelda games, um, some of the uh, you know, those sorts of things. Like, there's an event happens in the game, and it's really memorable. And you you get caught on that point where something big happened in the game. Like in Final Fantasy yeah. VII, when the plot changes, um, you know, with Eris, and like in um, uh, what's another good one? Like uh, in Dishonored, right? When you finish Dishonored, um, and then like you find out there's more plot at the end of that game. Like that was a big, a big turning moment. Um, or even in like what Bioshock, else? where you meet Andrew yeah, Ryan. I was about to say, like, yeah, like those yeah. are the kind of things that you remember about a game, and. Games like Dead Cells or games like, you know, a Sky Full of Stars or, you know, roguelikes, like, they just don't generate that experience. 
Yeah, they don't. I mean, like, because those games rely on you forming your own narrative to what's happening, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I guess I understand that. Like, if I if I try to look back on all of, like, the the most memorable gaming experiences I've had, they're usually tied to di- uh, directed experiences, which makes sense, right? Because those things are engineered to be memorable. Well, I th- yeah, uh, that's what direction is all about, right? I mean, it's like... I mean, procedural generated games are cool, but they're like the reality TV of video games. You know, you log in, you play for an hour, you get a unique experience, but then you turn it off and the experience is gone. Like, nobody nobody remembers a great episode of reality TV. Like, nobody remembers a great episode of, uh, what's the word, like, Property Brothers, the way you remember a good episode of, <laughs> say, like... Um, what was that? Niners drive-ins and dives, or Lost, or you know, Heroes, or um, like yeah, that kind of stuff. You did like those those kind of shows. Like something happens and it's a big deal. Like Warehouse Thirteen, you know, like you really get into it. But you never nobody gets into reality shows that Property way. Brothers. Yeah, Property Brothers. My goodness, uh, Property yeah, Brothers. Okay, is what's get... always on at the gym that I go to? Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. When I go to the gym, it's always Property Brothers. <laughs> that makes. <laughs> I just imagine you like. Running and sweating, and then like a bunch of like like two twins on the TV are like, "Yes, we'll buy your house for forty grand." No, I listen. I listen to audiobooks. Absolutely, audiobooks. Okay, um, I see. I, I went see. through uh, Mistborn trilogy recently. That was really good. We should talk about that next oh, time on what you're listening to. I'll tell you about audiobooks. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, so next question, and actually the last question of this podcast, Brad. This is very important, so you you better answer this. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. Will Devastation Remastered make the current Devastation obsolete? Like, will I have to pick up Remastered to keep up with the current releases, if that makes sense? Thank you. What a very nice question. They they say thank you at the end. Well, um, so Devastation Remastered is... Um, I mean, it is going to obsolete a lot of the characters. They will be updated. Um, that said, we off- we will be offering a upgrade patch that will you know, give you upgrades to the characters. So <clears throat> if you plan to play those characters in competitive tournaments, yeah, you'll probably want to get the upgrade kit. But if you're not planning to play them in tournaments and you just want to keep playing your Devastation set, then it's just fine. You know? um, I wouldn't worry too much about that. So, I mean, if you feel like the game is alive for you and you want to keep uh, keep up with it and keep you know, keep up with the tournament meta and the, the, the game scene, then you probably want to upgrade. And you'll probably want the storage box anyway that we're making because that seems to be what everybody has asked for. Always. But, um, if, you, uh, if you don't, uh, then there's really, there's no, no reason, there's no mandatory upgrade, right? So. <laughs> Brad will come to your house. Let's see. Oh, you're playing survive. Obsolete Devastation. Nobody expects the level 99 games Inquisition. Oh my god. You mean the 7th Cross? Yeah, nobody expects 7th Cross. Ah, oh my gosh. People on the... You know, um, a lot of new people have come into the community and a lot of them were like, oh, level 99 games has so many cool games, so many cool worlds. And somebody was like, wait, if the game's called 7th Cross, what happened to the other six? I'm like, they exist, and they have functions? Yeah, yeah, there's, like, there's all seven of them are in, well, six of them are in the world. Second Cross was destroyed in in the incident, which we no longer speak of. Um, ah. But, uh, but yeah, they all exist, they all have different roles, um, and uh, 
you know, First Cross is headquarters. Uh, Third Cross, they have all the dangerous artifacts. It's called the museum. Fourth Cross is like academy where they train everybody. You think I'm joking, but Second Cross actually was destroyed in the incident long ago. Um, no, no, I'm not joking. They, they, they what, don't speak of. <laughs> okay, so Second Cross, like, we don't know what it does because nobody wants to talk about it. Yeah. Um, okay. Fifth Cross. Fifth Cross is the, um, the library. And they uh, they basically research magic, uh, so that they can suppress it there. Um, okay. Sixth is the Inquisition, and they like are kind of a, a paramilitary that kind of helps control world governments. And then seventh are the Hunters, and they go out and they you know uh, hunt all these crazy monsters and evil sorcerers and stuff. And so the players play as a seventh cross hunter team, and so that's why the game's called Seventh Cross. Wait a minute. You said First Cross is HQ. Don't yeah. you mean First Cross is Illuminati? Uh, basically, yeah. Wait, I mean they're a secret society that controls, you know, most world governments and uh, and uh, etc. So yeah, I guess they're kind of like the Illuminati. But I think the Illuminati is something different in this world. They haven't been fully formed yeah, they, yet either. The the Illuminati is like baby baby child's play compared to the first cross um wait so these are all crosses of the church right? yeah those are those are the seven branches wait so question is the church in seventh cross like the church uh no it's not a religious organization i see so the, their leader is not the pope their leader is not the pope no what's their leader called then uh, the Grand Arbiter. Okay, I see. So we're okay. I see. All right, we Warhammer now, boys. All right, okay, we're Warhammer now. I see. Okay, I I get where this is going. Okay, yeah. Then in Seventh Cross Two, they're in space, and an evil sorcerer is trying to open a galactic portal in, <laughs> to hell. Yeah, and by opening it, he hits a lo- little boy in a car uh, and turns into Turbo Teen. <laughs> I see. <laughs> All right. Yep. Plots unraveled. There's no more. No, I don't need to make this game anymore. Yeah. And uh, why? Why even spend more than two hours on this? We finished it in one minute. So that pretty much does it for this 99 questions segment, where we answer all of your hot pressing questions and questions and you didn't ask. Yeah, such as the entire plot to Seventh Cross. Thank you. Now you don't need to buy the game. No, no, seriously though, buy the game. It sounds really hype. We'll we'll tell you more about it when it gets closer. Yeah, when it gets closer. All right. So, um, Brad, as much as I would love to do one more segment with you, I think we are we've gone a little bit over time with all of our seventh cross digressions. Yeah, you, we've been you, we've been rambling a bit, but it's been good. Oh my gosh, you have so many good games I want, and you know it's like I, there's still Mystic Imperium coming up. The aforementioned yeah. Indians RPG that you still won't release. Well, let me tell you, Marco. There's so many good games that I want. Like, I just need to sit down and, and make stuff because there's a lot of games that uh, that we really just want to finish so that we can play them too. Oh my gosh, Brad, you need to like do that thing. Like, go to the the nearby Ninja Academy and steal that scroll that lets you make shadow clones yeah. of yourself. I need one of these Dragon Ball Z time compression chambers. You know. <laughs> hyperbolic time chambers yeah yeah you, like you go in and you, you you train for a year except you develop games for a year and then you pop out and you've got like all these games finished Aha, you have, now like, i'm ready to defeat frieza 
Yeah, and like you have the Jumanji Robin Williams beard. And you're like, what year is it? <laughs> oh, man. Yep. So I guess for yep. you that makes no sense because you already have a beard. Well, it would just be it would be a castaway beard. A Tom Hanks castaway beard instead. Ah, who would be your Wilson? Um, gosh, um... I don't know who would be my my Wilson. Maybe uh, maybe this plush of Seth that's on my desk. Wait, you have a Seth plush? Yeah, you know when we well, you know when we had those yarn dolls that were part of the devastation uh, campaign or the the War Remaster oh, right. campaign, and you could get those yarn right. dolls. Well, um, uh, I had got one, and I have Seth um, sitting here on my desk. Oh my gosh, Elephant's gonna be so upset that he can't get those yarn dolls. <laughs> well, I mean, he's, it's it's still a possibility. okay let's stop teasing this oh my gosh brad let's end this podcast before we ramble more about seth plushies okay all right all right (laughs) and that pretty much does it for this episode of the level cap podcast if you guys liked what you listened to like the news like the lore like brad talking about development stuff please tell us in the comment section down below uh and if you want please 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 share this podcast with a friend who may or may not like um, the podcast. Even if they don't, they don't like it, share it. Like, you know, the word of mouth is really important. And um, again, we don't pay to advertise this show because this entire show is kind of an advertisement in and of itself. I mean, if you like the show, you know about the show. If you think other people like the show, tell them about the show. You don't have to start at episode one. You can start right here. It's probably better anyway. The show is not. Hey. There's no. There's no continuous canon that you have to track from the very beginning. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you'll pick but, up all the memes you know, really quick. Yeah, you'll pick up all the memes. You know, it's Marco's fault and, you know, and all that yeah, stuff. It's like the Dark Souls of memes. Yeah, it's the Dark Souls of memes. Uh, <laughs> and um, uh, so I also realized that this podcast isn't up on iTunes yet. So we're going to try to get it up on iTunes and uh, Stitcher as soon as possible. So if you wanted to listen to it on those podcast apps... Uh, we'll try to get it there as soon as possible. Um, otherwise, you have the RSS feed, and you can just feed that into whatever podcast app you have, and they will get that for you. Again, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Level Cap Podcast. As usual, it's been me, your host, Mark DeSantos, also known as Mechanocritic slash Eminem Kami. And with me has been my revitalized co-host, Brad the man Telsen. himself. Yay, me, Vital. Woo. I'm back. Yep. But I guess you knew that because we're at the end of the podcast. So anyway, see you next time keep playing games and uh as usual happy gaming happy gaming don't forget your four special action or otherwise